My name is Scott Nye, and this is Talking Radical Radio. Hello and welcome to Talking Radical Radio, where we bring you grassroots voices from across Canada. We give you the chance to hear many different people who are facing many different struggles, talk about what they're doing, how they're doing it, and why they're doing it, in the belief that such listening is a crucial step in strengthening all of our efforts to change the world. On this week's show, I'll be speaking with Shazma Abdullah and Vijay Kolonjavadi. The original group that Vijay Kolonjavadi was part of was not about politics, but about learning language. It brought together young, diasporic South Asian people living in Montreal to learn Hindi. For Vijay, this wasn't even the language that he grew up surrounded by. His parents speak Tamil. But he and others in the group at that point felt that learning Hindi and Urdu was a way of grounding themselves in community and culture, and one useful tool for navigating some of the complicated realities of diasporic life in North America. As the group met, however, it became clear that the people participating were also keen to talk politics, and not just in general, but from a range of progressive, left, and even radical perspectives. A lot of that conversation was about experiences of growing up and of everyday life as a South Asian person in North America, from experiences of racism to all of the complications of navigating community, culture, and family in the context of a largely hostile and xenophobic mainstream environment. It also included current political issues in South Asia itself, like the growing power of the Hindutva movement and right-wing nationalism in India, and anti-fascist resistance there. And it included the ways in which political dynamics on the subcontinent and political dynamics in North America intersect within South Asian communities in the diaspora. At a certain point, some members of the language learning group decided to found a new group with an explicitly political orientation. New members joined, including Shazma Abdullah. They called themselves garam masala, both the name of a spice mix common in some South Asian cuisines and an acronym that stands for the combined French and English names Groupe d'Action Révolutionnaire Sud-Asiatique de Montréal and Montreal Alliance of South Asian Leftists and Allies. The group is a response to the relative lack of explicitly left spaces within South Asian communities in Montreal and elsewhere a lack that today's interview participants link to histories of South Asian community formation in North America in the context of a white supremacist and capitalist mainstream that supports elite, conservative, and conforming elements of marginalized communities and silences or erases important traditions of radical, left-wing, anti-colonial, and otherwise dissenting politics that have deep roots in South Asia and in South Asian diasporic communities. The group has been placing a great emphasis on self-education and on public educational events aimed at members of South Asian communities in Montreal. They do things like hold discussion groups on specific issues, or screen films about political topics accompanied by public discussions of the issues raised. Sometimes they try to draw attention to issues that have resonance both in South Asia and in North America, like the rise of the far right and the struggle against it and they work hard to open up space to have difficult conversations about issues of oppression that are powerfully present within the dominant society in North America, but that are also reproduced within diasporic South Asian community contexts. Things like anti-black racism, settler colonialism, homophobia, and Islamophobia. 
One key community intervention for the group involved flyering and peaceful engagement with attendees at a major Indian cultural festival held in Montreal last summer, which the group identified as pushing a very narrow and elite-centric understanding of South Asian culture that had many politically troubling elements. They've also been working to become more active in solidarity with struggles grounded in other ways, missing and murdered indigenous women, liberation struggles in other parts of the world, various anti-fascist and anti-racist mobilizations, and so on. The group hopes to bring South Asian Montrealers with left politics together, to open space that otherwise doesn't exist to have difficult conversations, to share tools for challenging oppressions within South Asian community contexts, and to build capacity for advancing a broader progressive agenda. In the long term, they hope it is possible to build a network with similar collectives grounded in South Asian communities in other cities around North America. I speak with Shazma and Vijay about Garam Masala and about its grassroots political work in Montreal. My name is Vijay Kolanjavadi. I was born in the U.S. My parents immigrated from India in the 1970s. And I've been living in Montreal now for about seven years. I came here to do a PhD, and I'm now currently working as a postdoc at the Université de Québec en Outaouais. And I guess I'm kind of working and concentrating in social environmental conflicts, issues relating to social environmental justice, and critical social theory as it relates to the environment. With the work that I do, I've been mostly involved in academia, but over the last 10 years, I've been peripherally involved in political activism as it relates to social and environmental issues, such as, for example, coal mining, natural gas, and fracking, particularly in the UK, as I was there for a little bit of time uh, about five, 10 years ago. And because that sort of political activism is very inherent in the work that I do and understanding systems of oppression as they relate to environmental policies and development strategies, which impact on the environment on on local communities, this was already something that I was pretty interested in prior to coming across Gar Masala. It was interesting because the group started as a language learning group, I guess, amongst diasporic South Asian communities wanting to learn Hindi. And though that's not the language that I grew up surrounded by, it is a language that I have wanted to learn. And particularly, it was interesting that the group started as taking a more political and progressive understanding of language learning. And from there, Garam Masala kind of was born out of that because we were starting to talk about Indian politics and South Asian politics much more than the language element of it. So we split it into two groups. And that's kind of how I got involved into Garam Masala. It's really unique and quite uplifting, I guess, to be in a group with other South Asian people of origin, I guess, who found that they aren't able to connect over political or progressive issues within their own communities. And to find a space like that is a really unique and special thing. And so I think that was a strong point of mobilization that a lot of us might have held. I certainly held that. I'm Shazna. I moved to Montreal very recently from Toronto. And before that, I was born in Kenya. So I'm actually an immigrant to this country. Some of the things that I work on primarily have to do with cities, urban planning, race and space, to put it very, very, very broadly. And so in my academic work and in my activism and writing work, I try to focus on issues around how people of color interact with the spaces around them, whatever that could mean. 
One of the things that drew me personally to Garam Masala was the kind of work that Garam Masala does, particularly around mobilizing and speaking to South Asian communities about race, about all of these kind of multiple oppressions that our communities are dealing with and simultaneously perpetuate the kind of on the ground work and self-educational work that we do around those things are really what drew me to the group. For me, I have a hard time agreeing generally with most South Asian contemporaries of mine on issues of politics and social justice and race and capitalism and what we're doing in Canada to begin with. How did we get here on all of those questions? I'm always at loggerheads with people about this because I feel like we're so uninformed about our history, our colonial history and imperialist history that brought us as immigrants to this place. And I sort of found myself becoming more and more isolated from my community, from the South Asian community. In Garam Masala, I kind of found a group of peers who actually is open to that discourse, who has done the work to learn these things, who are willing to challenge our communities on these issues. So I no longer feel so alone. Coming to Garam Masala actually was kind of nice. Like there's all these brown people talking about colonialism and capitalism and saying all of the things about my community that I had issues with. So, you know, it was a nice little refuge and space to find community with like-minded people. Give listeners an overview of Garam Masala's activities. What we did from the beginning was we started to have events called Samosa Soirees. Either we would discuss topical issues that might have been occurring in Quebec or within our communities. Discrimination, I would say, was one of the focus points. I think one of the biggest events that we had in the beginning was for Victoria Day, and quotes. And that was to show a film called The Legend of Bhagat Singh. Bhagat Singh was a revolutionary during the Indian independence or prior to the Indian independence struggle from Britain. So we wanted to show that film. We had a discussion right after that. And then later in the summer, one of the first events I think that really brought us together was an India Fest that had been promoted in Montreal last summer. And we just noticed that there were some very problematic aspects of this festival. It really was essentially a Hare Krishna festival. And the way that on their website and on the promotional material that they had been presenting India was one which kind of re-embedded or reinforced very casteist understandings of what Indian culture is. Uh, And caste is a hereditary class system in the South Asian context. And in some cases, even very colonial reflections and interpretations of Indian culture. And so we held a manifestation at the India Fest. It was very peaceful. It was simply to inform people who were attending that the cultures that are in India are more than the high caste Brahmin type of cultures. They're more than Hare Krishna sentiments and sensibilities. They are much more diverse than that. And that didn't come across in this festival. And I think given the current political climate in India, we thought that it was very important to provide that message. So I think that was one of our first activities that we had that garnered a lot of interest amongst allies. It also helped us as a group to solidify our links and to build rapport amongst each other and to going forward, knowing kind of a little bit more what we were comfortable doing as a group and what we might want to spend more time or focus in redirecting Gara Masala's focus on. Since then, we've had several samosa soirees 
We shot a film called Lipstick Under My Burqa, which is initially banned in India for being too woman-centric and too lewd in nature. It showed too many sexual scenes, which was interesting to us, particularly given the media and cultural representation of women in India as being already highly sexualized and objectified anyway. So we facilitated, Vijay and I, a discussion around that film after the screening. It was really interesting. Just to kind of like bring it back to a broad scale, a lot of the interventions that we do or have been attempting to do have been really focused on tackling issues of replicated oppressions within our communities in Canada, within diasporic communities here. So we do engage a lot with the kind of political developments in India, particularly around the Modi government. Uh, and that refers to Prime Minister Narendra Modi of the right-wing nationalist BJP party. And, you know, Hindutva or Hindu nationalism in India, but also how that is transported or has always been a part of the diaspora South Asian milieu. We've tried to do interventions around anti-Black racism within our communities, talking about Islamophobia within our communities as well. And we're hoping to do a lot more work around Indigenous solidarity and work that we can do as South Asian communities to support that struggle. I mean, we are still kind of solidifying and getting our feet on the ground, trying to figure out our vision and the best way to fulfill our mandate. But these are some of the things that we have done so far and some of the things that we're hoping that we can actually do effectively in the future. Who is active in the group and who have you been drawing to your events and actions? The group right now is fairly small. I think we have, what, 10 to 12 active members. We do tend to attract a person that tends to already be radical in their politics and sympathizes with that view. And this may be a point that we need to work on a little bit. The people that come to our events are already sympathetic to our views. I mean, once or twice we've had people that we have challenged their perception of what Indians are. We had an event where we were talking about the Quebec mosque massacre that happened in Saint-Foy in Quebec City last January. And... We were understandably upset and we were talking about the issue and it got very emotional. And there was a gentleman there who was surprised that we weren't happy dancing Indians. So we sometimes attract, <laughs> we sometimes attract people from the other side. That is kind of the goal, right? Our goals are sort of multifaceted in that we want to have a lot of interventions within our communities. So we don't want to just attract the already radicalized South Asian person. Like we want to actually challenge, you know, the aunties and uncles in our community that hold these views that are anti-Black mm -hmm. or anti-Indigenous and that are very oppressive, even to casteist views or Islamophobic views or things like that. We want to do that. We want to intervene within the Canadian community, informing them as to what's happening in India and anti-fascist struggles in India and how that relates to the kind of work that we're doing here and the politics that we kind of see replicated here. So I don't think personally that we've done a great job in reaching out beyond communities or allies that are already sympathetic to our cause, but that generally is what we tend to attract. I'm not sure how we do this, but we're working on ways that we can, within our capacity, intervene more broadly to really have these difficult conversations that we need to have within our communities and in the broader community in Canada and Quebec. In the India Fest example that I had mentioned earlier, that kind of revealed very clearly some of the tensions that are very present within our communities. 
for example, beyond just the progressive South Asian who is wanting to discuss about these issues, but the aunties and the uncles who were there, who were some of the most difficult, I guess, like it was very, very difficult and at times very stressful to be confronted with people within our communities, whereas others, you know, outside of the community were very interested to understand what are the political issues with the cultural representations of what is Indian culture here in this festival, whereas amongst some of the older generation in our community, we found a bigger tension, I guess, a bigger pushback, which is very, very difficult to try to challenge. And I think part of the objective of Gar Masala is to collectively support each other as we try to engage with our families, as we try to engage with that broader community and realize that we do have a lot of work that we have to do within our own communities in order to be able to connect and support other broader struggles that we might be a part of. At least personally for me, I, I feel like I've only just started really in that process. So for me, Gar Masala is really helpful in trying to dig deeper. What scope have you felt so far for collaboration with other groups? Fairly recently, we've started to do exactly that, to build links with other groups with migrant justice groups in particular, but with other groups that are mobilizing in similar ways in Montreal. So for example, we have showed solidarity as Gar Masala with the Anakbayan movement of the Philippines, and also with the Kurdish struggle in Turkey with the attack on Afrin. We need to do a little bit better in this regard. And I think that's something that is planned for the year ahead, but really to see where Gar Masala can fit within this network of other groups that could be regional in different parts of the world, but that have created their own political networks or political groups, communities in Montreal, to basically be a part of that and to represent that global struggle in our various different regions, but to see where those commonalities might lie. And some of the work that we've also done is show allyship and solidarity with Indigenous struggles. So I know that there have been a group of us that have gone to marches or like vigils of missing and murdered Indigenous women and when they've happened in the city or the one for Colton Bushi that happened recently and Tina Fontaine. We haven't been so good at, you know, meeting people and collabing in that sense, but we think it's really important to at least show solidarity. And a lot of us are connected to migrant justice work that's being done around the city or the Indigenous struggle work that's being done around the city and anti-fascist work that's being done around the city as well. So a lot of what we do, you know, we'll endorse events or we'll show support for events. Some of us will go on march when necessary. But Vijay is right. We do need to do a little bit more work in actually building more solid links. We're still trying to find our grounding as a group and figure out the direction that we're hoping to take in the coming years and that we're still sort of building a team and we have a lot of plans to do a lot of things, but we're also trying to build capacity at this point to do that kind of work. Part of that also is to do that work for ourselves as well, to be well-informed, to engage in reading and writing projects for ourselves within Garam Masala so that we can be more apt, perhaps, to discuss issues as we link and make collaborations with other groups. So you said that one of the important elements of Garam Masala's work is working to challenge various forms of oppression and discrimination that, of course, permeate the dominant society but specifically working to challenge them in how they manifest and are reproduced within South Asian communities. Talk a little bit more about the importance of that work, but also about the complexities of it, given that South Asian communities are themselves marginalized in various ways in Quebec and Canadian society. 
I feel like a lot of South Asians who have immigrated to North America, they adopt a particular position that they have to somehow make it, you know, that they have to show the predominant culture that they can compete, that they can be seen as equal somehow, and that they have to basically show their stuff, I guess. And I think that has been very prevalent growing up, that need to prove yourself one step more because you're already at a disadvantage. And this is obviously due in part to systemic racism or other aspects here that are coming into play. But I think that that has been a challenge within our communities is because a lot of South Asians, perhaps they think that if there's discrimination in our community, we just have to work harder, be better at what we're doing in order to combat that. And, you know, we can't be to blame for what's going on. We're obviously doing the best we can do, you know, so if we can just show that it'll make it better. After the attack, I believe, that had happened in Orlando last year in the nightclub, like, for example, in the India Abroad newspaper, which is a newspaper meant for diasporic South Asian communities in North America. And there was an article in there, and it really pushed for, you know, you should wear your tilak or your vibhuti, which is kind of a religious symbol that you put on your forehead after praying to show that you're a Hindu and not a Muslim in order to, you know, to show that you shouldn't have to be attacked, you know, no one can discriminate against you because you're not a terrorist, whatever, you know. And these kinds of ideas that many perhaps South Asians harbor who have come here as a defense mechanism are very, very extraordinarily problematic. And I think that's something that through our work, we're trying to debunk a little bit and trying to have those conversations, those difficult conversations with our family about why is it that we have to almost reify that sort of racism, that discrepant racism in order to prove ourselves worthy. It is really complex to work within our communities because there is a system of implicit power that's in place where, you know, you're not supposed to talk back to your elders. You're not supposed to say anything that disrupts the structure that we have. We're not supposed to challenge views that have been entrenched. And it's really interesting to work as a person who has radical politics within the South Asian community, trying to communicate those politics to people. It's odd because it seems like we've really forgotten as a community our own anti-colonial struggle. I mean, we had a very robust anti-colonial struggle in India. A lot of people came to Canada, to Vancouver or to BC to escape British India because of these colonial forces that were eradicating their lives. It's like we've forgotten that work that we had to do. And we've kind of bought into living up to that capitalist dream and becoming that model minority group and perpetuating and upholding that systemic racism and settler colonialism as we occupy this mm -hmm. land that doesn't really belong to us, that we don't really truly belong in either. I mean, there are a lot of questions about belonging in this place that we don't tackle as a community at all. And it becomes really challenging, really stressful, really tiring to talk to our own community about this kind of thing. I mean, when we had that intervention at the India Fest, we really, I think, saw the worst face of our community. There were people there that were upholding the caste system with such vehemence and not willing to critically analyze that or take a look at it or have a conversation about it, even about the impacts of that in our own communities as a diaspora community. I overheard a lot of people say really Islamophobic things 
for some of us being immigrants, we find space within our own kind of fellow immigrant community for a sense of belonging. And then just to kind of hear that from your own community, it becomes really challenging to even want to engage in those discussions. But we have to, we have to keep doing that. We have to keep having conversations either as interventions or with our families about anti-Black racism, about settler colonialism, about ironically, whatever anti-immigrant sentiment they tend to hold. And this chasing after this capitalist dream as just being like, it's a facade and really understanding our positioning and what we can really do as a people to counter that. And I don't know what the specific interventions that we can use to challenge, but a lot of it is having conversations with our own people it's very challenging to just do that. So as a group, we're really struggling to find our way, if I'm completely honest, in terms of how we have those difficult conversations with ourselves and with our fellow community members. Even amongst us as a group or anyone who attends any of the Samosa soirees that we host, attending a session and being a part of that discussion that confronts, you know, settler colonialism within our communities, the anti-Black racism within our communities, etc., that gives the strength for them to then go and talk to their families, to their peers, that would be seen as a success on the part of Garmasala to be able to have fostered that space, to have created that space for which people can feel a little bit more confident in being able to talk to their peers, to their family about things that they have perhaps not discussed. What does Garmasala have planned for the future? Some of the things that we're hoping to hold, particularly this summer, is a set of film screenings and hopefully a set of facilitated discussions that we'll have after the films. We tend to choose very progressive-leaning films that are in line with our politics, ideally films that are banned by the Indian government, so we can have a discussion about that too, but that's not a necessity. So we're hoping to do some of that. I think that we'll continue with our tradition of doing an anti-Victoria Day event. And then last summer, we had done some work with Food Against Fascism in the city. So we had prepared like a garam masala lunch for Food Against Fascism, which included a number of Indian dishes. So if there's an opportunity to do that again, we will do that. And continuing on with the work that we've been doing around migrant justice and collaborating or working with groups that are anti-racist groups or anti-colonial groups that are working on issues to do with indigenous rights and things like that. One other project that we have is to connect with other radical Desi South Asian groups in North America to that broader network, to be that Montreal chapter, to engage in particular activities, which maybe call out right-wing Hindutva incursions, I guess, into our diasporic communities. So I think this is something that we would like to do more going forward, as well as perhaps discussing the impacts of neoliberal policies in India as they continue to exploit people and natures in different ways, and how some of those logics get exported themselves back into our diasporic communities. I don't necessarily want to speak for the group here, but a lot of the discussions that we've had really have to do with really making headway within the South Asian community around these issues of anti-Black racism and to do with Indigenous solidarity. I would really like to make inroads there. I don't know how that happens. I don't know how we build the capacity to do that. But ideally, we become that group that is known for constantly challenging our community on things. You have been listening to my interview with Shazma Abdullah and Vijay Kolonjavadi of Groupe d'Action Révolutionnaire Sud-Asiatique de Montréal, Montreal Alliance of South Asian Leftists and Allies, or Garam Masala. To learn more about their work, search for Garam Masala Montreal on Facebook.
To find out more about Talking Radical Radio, the guests, the theme music, and the ways that you can listen, or to suggest topics for future shows, go to talkingradical.ca and click on the link for the radio show. On the site, you can sign up for email updates or follow us on Facebook or Twitter. I'm your host, Scott Nye, a writer and media producer based in Hamilton, Ontario, and the author of two books of Canadian history told through the stories of activists, Gender and Sexuality, and Resisting the State, both from Fernwood Publishing. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you tune in again next week. 